Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, I think we have a a pretty special episode for you all. A little while back, I went out on a tour of an old rail line. It's known as the Salmonberry Trail. Jamie, I, I take it you've heard of it? Ah, yes. The Salmonberry Trail, the, the great dream, the great work in progress. A really cool trail uh, that would be a long distance hike across the coast range from the Willamette Valley to the coast that has been several years in the making and promises to be several years more at least to have it finished. We went out, and when I say we, I say my colleague, uh, our colleague, Brooke Herbert, a video producer for The Oregonian and Oregon Live. Uh, we went out in late November and early December to take a tour of what could one day become the Salmon Buried Trail. Went on some hiking over some trestles, went through a, an old train tunnel, did some hiking along the coast. All in all, uh, a pretty good way to spend a couple of work days. But before we get too far, Jamie, I should say that without permission, we wouldn't have legally been allowed to go check out the trail. And that's because the old railway line is right now closed to the public, and it's technically off limits to go explore it yourself. But we had permission and a tour guide, so we were good to go. And today, to tell us a little bit more about the Salmonberry Trail project and relive the trip itself, we have with us that very tour guide, the executive director of the Salmonberry Trail Foundation, John Paul Bowles. John Paul, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Good to talk with you again, Jim. Good to have you on the show. I'll tell you, we were talking before we got started here. That was a pretty epic way to spend a couple of work days, eh? Yeah, it was. It's one of the things I love about uh, about this gig that I'm working is spending time on the trail and introducing it to, to good folks who can help get the word out. Before we dive into it too much, John Paul, what's the story of this old rail line? Where is it? And kind of what do you hope uh, to turn it into? Well, the rail line is a, a, is an incredible piece of infrastructure that was completed in 1911. And it hasn't been used uh, commercially as a rail line, at least the majority of it, since storms washed it out in 2007. 
um, it was uh, deemed too expensive to to really um, rehab uh, the the parts through the canyon in particular. And frankly, there hadn't been enough commercial use to really justify the expense that it would have cost, um, since a lot of that traffic and you know commercial logging in particular bumped over to Highway 26 rather than the rail line. So now we have this opportunity to take this incredible stretch um, and open it up to cyclists and hikers and uh, folks who just want to get out and see really spectacular parts of Western Oregon. Yeah, the landscapes that this trail would cover are just super spectacular and covering sort of the, the Willamette Valley across the coast range out to the coast. Take us on a little walk through this trail. What would it be like? What would people see as they're hiking the Salmonberry? Well, one of the things I love the most about it is the diversity of the walk. You know, this is 86 miles in total. Uh, and on the western end, it starts in Banks, which is, you know, just outside the suburbs of the Portland metro area. There's beautiful rolling farmland and uh, wineries and vineyards there. And then you get into the Tillamook State Forest, which is an incredible part of the coast range that I think is really um, a little bit under the radar, which has always surprised me. Uh, it's it's managed by the Oregon Department of Forestry, uh, and a lot of this trail runs along the Salmonberry and Nehalem rivers. Um, so you get to see what those rivers look like towards their headwaters in the coast range. Um, as you guys know, it, there's just an incredible, dense, lush forest Um a lot of wildlife and, and some really spectacular habitat in that stretch. And then as you continue to move west, um, dropping down the canyon, you enter the river segment, which follows the Nehalem River, um, which ends up leading into the Nehalem Bay, which is just another favorite place of mine on Earth. Uh, and then that puts you out uh, right along Highway 101 uh, near Wheeler. And then you'd be walking along the rail line down uh, from Wheeler, south on 101, through a lot of those really pretty little coastal villages and hamlets, until uh, getting to Tillamook. Wow, that's such a cool trek to go on. Um, and folks who who are listening, who want to get a visual, the video that um, Jim and Brooke put together shows you a little bit of some of the scenery, some of that really beautiful thick moss in the trees, some of those great coastal bay views. Um, you can check that out on our YouTube channel and see a little bit more of what we're talking about here. Yeah. And and one of the things that video shows off too, Jamie, is what it looks like right now. So, John Paul, we met up at a trailhead that isn't really a trailhead per se. We hiked a trail that isn't really a trail. And, and part of the magic of this is seeing what this could one day become. What does it look like in there right now for the uninitiated? Well, you wouldn't think it's only been 13 or 14 years since mm -hmm. that commercial train ran along those tracks. Uh, it's incredibly grown over and the, um, you know, alders and ferns and the, the forest is taking back a lot of those places, which is really beautiful. But it's also a bit of a ticking clock for us in terms of reclaiming some of that infrastructure um, and making it viable for, for, for an awesome through hike. Um, so there are a lot of stretches um, where you're beaten through brush uh, right now. And that, of course, wouldn't be the case in the future. Probably more importantly, um, tunnels and trestles and bridges haven't been maintained. Um, and this is a really you know, pretty severe weather and terrain um, stretch that it goes through, particularly in the canyon. 
So there are some slides uh, that have um, that have covered tracks in certain areas. Um, the tunnels, unfortunately, are not safe right now. And the trestles and bridges don't have any of the type of rails or decking that you see on other rails, trails, projects like the Banks Vernonia State Trail. Now, we've, we've been hearing about the trail for several years now. It's kind of always in and out of the news. There's always little sort of smaller increments of of uh, progress is in terms of, of trying to complete this trail. Where is, where do things stand right now in terms of the trail, you know, inching closer to reality, you know, what's happening right now to advocate for it and, and who's involved in this process? Well, my main job is to help make the trail open to the public as soon as possible. So, you know, it kills me to, to have to say that it's not open to the public right now, but the more support we get and the more progress we make, um, the closer we'll be to, to inviting folks out on the trail. And, and that's something I just can't wait for. Um, there is a, there is a, a group of agency and government partners that's shepherding this process. Um, and that's called the Salmonberry Trail Intergovernmental Agency. There are representatives from Tillamook and Washington counties there, as well as Oregon State Parks, the Department of Forestry, Confederated Tribes of the Grand Ronde, uh, and a few other agencies as well. And all of those folks have a stake in the project's success uh, in different ways. So there's a whole lot of uh, conversations to be had. Um, and then the biggest challenge is, is funding. You know, a project like this takes really considerable funding to get off the ground, uh, as well as taking care of some of the safety concerns that are, um, you know, keeping people from getting out on the trail right now. So we are in a phase of uh, raising funds. We have a new organization called the Salmonberry Trail Foundation, and we've been tasked by those government agencies to make the trail a reality. So that means bringing in um, funding to get it off the ground, as well as building ongoing public support, because we know that a good bit of the funding is going to probably need to come from some of those um, agencies and government partners at the table. And that to pull this thing off, we're going to need to bring in some pretty significant public funding, um, as well as hopefully tap into foundations and philanthropists who want to help make this thing a reality. One of the things we talked about when we were out on the trail is, you know, it, it's hard to get people excited about something they can't access. And, you know, how can people get involved or get a taste of what this trail is and, and could be someday? Well, Jim, one of the reasons I love the video that you guys put out so much is because it gives the people a flavor of what can be. So thanks again for that. Um, I'd love folks to visit us at uh, salmonberrytrail.org and sign up to be a member, receive our newsletter. Um, if you have the opportunity uh, to give to the, to the foundation. And we're also starting a series of stewardship events to get people out on the trail um, in a really safe way and a COVID safe way so that we can start to do some things like removing invasive species and making sure that when we do get into to trail construction, we're not having a negative impact on the ecosystem around there. For sure. And, and we had started to talk a little bit about, uh, and admittedly, we didn't cover a ton of this, but in theory, at least, trail construction for a, a smaller portion of the trail could actually be starting in the somewhat near future, Correct. Yeah, that's right. So a project of this scale, rather than looking at it as, um, you know, a, a mile one through 86, let's start here and end there. We're taking sections at a time and we're listening to communities along the trail to hear which sections are top priorities for them. So, for example, I'm working on a couple of proposals now 
Um, one of them would help connect students in residential areas in the city of Rockaway Beach to Neocony High and Middle Schools just up the road. So, you know, in my mind, part of it is, yes, this is a, a, a small section of what will be an incredible through hike one day. But also in the meantime, it's a really critical link from um, town to school for kids to walk on. So we'll be tackling the, the trail one step at a time, one mile at a time, one slice at a time. I like it. And the one looming question in the room is, you know, it's not a one through one through 86 kind of situation, but, you know, someday you do want to have 86 consecutive miles open for hikers, bikers, whomever may want to access that trail. What's kind of the the grander vision as to how long this may take uh, to get the entire trail opened up? You know, realistically, I think we're probably looking at a decade plus. Um, we'll know more as, start, as soon as we're able to um, do more fundraising uh, and take bigger bites. You mentioned earlier that there's been kind of word about the Salmonberry for a while and folks hear about it and, um, you know, want to know updates and then don't hear about it for a while. There's been a lot of work to do planning and capacity building. And that stuff is not particularly sexy to talk about for the public, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. it's absolutely necessary before we get to the fun part of um, starting to build trail. So we are just now wrapping up with some of the preliminary engineering studies that needed to be done. Those will be finished in the end of February, at which point um, we've got a couple more hurdles to get over. And then hopefully we'll be bringing funds in uh, to start opening stretches of trail at a time. I think 10 years is probably potentially optimistic, but um, depending on how the fundraising goes initially and how much we can get folks' interest um, involved in this, and then how much state and federal funding becomes available for the project are going to dramatically influence the timeline. Well, John Paul, we want to talk to you a little bit more about the Salmonberry Trail Project and a little bit about some specifics of how people can check out parts of that trail right now. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Okay, folks, we're back talking with John Paul Bowles about a project to turn a historic rail line into an 86-mile thru-hike called the Salmonberry Trail. So, John Paul, we were just talking about how the majority of this trail is not yet accessible due to various issues. But it sounds like there are parts of the trail that people are able to hike right now. Is that right? Well, there are portions of it along Highway 101 that you can certainly get the flavor of. And then what I would recommend for the valley and canyon segments is for folks to check out the Banks Renonia State Trail. That's a Rails to Trails project that was completed some time ago, gosh, maybe 20 years ago, or maybe not even that long. And um, we have a pretty short, short collective memory as a society. <laughs> they went through some of the challenges uh, that we're going through back in the day, and it's been fun to talk to folks who, who were involved in that project. You know, that trail, um, as of July of 2020, had over 20,000 users a month. And even the new parking that's been built for it has been uh, overflowing in recent years. So there's an opportunity for folks to go out and and see what a comparable trail looks like. We will be connecting the Salmonberry Trail to the Banks for Nonia. Um, So in terms of the geography and the sort of sense of place and the experience, that's a really good comp. And then... I'd also recommend that folks spend a little bit of time in the Tillamook State Forest. There are some hiking trails that have been developed there. 
Um, and, and as much as people go to the North coast and to the gorge, um, we see so much less of, um, of, of people accessing Tillamook state forest. So getting in there and looking around, spending some time on, on the existing trails is a great way to get a feel for what the salmonberry will look like in the forest. And one of the things we talked about John Paul quite a bit was, you know, this path isn't just going to be something someday for the 86 mile through hiker, kind of the hardcore overnight camping along the trail, that set of folks. This could also be for folks who want to ride their bike for five or 10 miles, folks who want to take their kids out for a little walk, dive in a little bit to the accessibility of this trail, if you will, and and who it's meant to uh, one day appeal to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the trail, I think, will appeal to everyone. You know, my when I think about the trail and time on the trail in the future, I'm really excited for that 86 mile through hike where um, you're out of cell range for parts of it. The world melts away a bit and you really have that um, that awesome feeling that you can only get with some blisters on your feet in a few days in the woods. Um, however, in the short term or in the midterm, I'll be using it a lot more, um, hauling a couple of little kids in tow, probably <laughs> behind a bike, uh, just for, for, a, for part of a Saturday or Sunday, um, right around Banks or the Manning Trailhead. Uh, so parts of the trail will be, I think a lot of the trail is going to be most heavily used for, for local residents and people who just want to get outside and, and get some nature. Um, as well as those folks who want to do the through hike. But circling back to your question about accessibility and connectivity, it's really one of the elements I'm most excited about for this trail. Metro has, has a long-term regional trail plan. So we're looking at being essentially an artery that a network of trails from the metro area will eventually connect to. So you'll be able to walk out your door in a lot of parts uh, of Portland and surrounding areas and bike or walk to the Tillamook State Forest and eventually the coast. So in addition to that connectivity on the on the east side around the Portland area, uh, we also plan to connect to a growing network of trails within the Tillamook State Forest. So you would essentially have the salmonberry as a backbone uh, where you could walk or cycle in and either continue on to the coast if you were coming from the Portland area or explore a network of trails in the Tillamook State Forest. And then finally, on the western portion of the trail, we will connect to the emerging Oregon Coast Trail and Tillamook Bay Heritage Route. So you'd be able to go up north all the way to the Washington border or south all the way to the California border. Or if you wanted to, you could hop into a kayak uh, paddle around Tillamook Bay and learn a lot about the history and heritage of the area. Wow. I, I feel like a lot of us are just dreaming of the day when all of these <laughs> trails are complete and connected and we can do all of these wonderful adventures from the, the, you know, the, the doorstep of our homes out to the coast. But John Paul, for right now, what's next for the Salmonberry Trail? Where, where do things stand and what's the next step to take to try to make this larger dream realized? Well, the next step is for us to to get the word out about the trail and, and hopefully have a lot of people who want to support it. And that support could look like signing up for stewardship events or talking to friends and family um, and those conversations working their way to elected officials, particularly in Washington and Tillamook counties, as well as Metro. Um, the fundraising for the organization is our is our biggest next step. 
um, which will allow us and me in particular to spend more time um, applying for public funds in bigger chunks at a time so we can really get sections of this trail complete. And before we let you go, John Paul, I mean, you are kind of the uh, ideal steward for this trail because this isn't a, a project that you've just uh, you know started to dream about you know over the last year or two. You grew up going to places along this trail. You call this place home. Uh, can you speak a little bit to your connection with the place and why you love it so much personally? I grew up with family in Tillamook County, uh, in Wheeler and Manzanita specifically. I learned to fish from my dad and uncle on the Nehalem Bay, which is um, an incredibly special place, incredibly beautiful place. And, you know, I spent a lot of time looking back up into the coast range um, from a boat floating on the bay and, and my mind wandering into what was in those in those um, in those deep woods. You know, a lot of that, particularly at the time in, say, the 80s, was a mystery to me, certainly as a little kid. Um, so as I got older and started to explore upriver and that watershed, um, I was struck with the beauty of the place and the history of the place. For me, a big part of it is the ecosystem and the connectivity between um, the Coast Range and the Nehalem River and the tributaries like the Salmonberry, um, the fish that run up those rivers, um, what the state of those fish tell us about you know, our society and the way that we're taking care of our environment um, and, and what that looks like in our own lives. You know, fish, cold water fish in particular are the canary in the coal mine, particularly in the Northwest, um, about our environment. And, and my love of this place um, and therefore this project has really started out with, with those fish, fish and family. Pretty special. And it, and it was very cool for my first experience in some of these landscapes to be with you, someone who has been going there for years, knows these places like the back of their hand. And, you know, it's always fun to experience a place with someone who has all the little fun facts and, uh, you know, the little bits of trivia about the place. Um, it was a lot of fun. Well, it was great getting you out there. I'd love to get out there with you and, and get Jamie out as well. Yeah, I got to check it out one of these days. I, I love that coast range, that that dense forest in there. It's just such a beautiful and special area. It is. And just one last thought here. You know, sometimes I hear some concerns about human impacts on the ecosystem. Um, and I'm very mindful of the fact that we're essentially inviting more people into a, a fragile and special place. So just wanted to mention that, you know, we are doing work to help make sure that we mitigate those human impacts. I want this trail and, and, and the folks involved want this trail to be an educational opportunity as well so that people, as they access the outdoors, understand um, our role in them as, uh, as residents of the state uh, and as stewards of the land uh, and can have a, a stronger and healthier ecosystem in the future. A great point and super important stuff for people to keep in mind, whether they are heading out to the Coast Range um, on the future Salmonberry Trail or heading out to any of these trails in Oregon. John Paul, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. Really appreciate it. Hey, it's fun to talk with you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, John Paul. Take it easy. Jim, I don't know about you, but I definitely am looking forward to the day, uh, someday, whenever it may happen to be able to hike that complete Salmonberry Trail. It just sounds like such a cool place. And the video that you and Brooke put together just really shows, I think, how beautiful and special of an area that is. Yeah, I mean, this area, and I appreciate that, Jamie, because I really thought, you know, the footage that Brooke captured 
really showed this place off. We went on uh, kind of two gorgeous days uh, in late November and early December, and we're able to dodge the raindrops just right to really capture this place in all its glory. Kind of that moody Pacific Northwest forest. We were able to fly the drone to get some really beautiful overhead shots. Um, and of course, capture John Paul showing off a place that he really loves and has a super strong connection to. And that's going to make any trip through the forest even that much better if you've got someone who can rattle off, like I said, you know, all the fun facts about where you are, give you a little bit of a sense of place. That was super fun. Yeah, the, these projects, as we talked about, are are always difficult and mm-hmm. can take, uh, like you said, a decade or a couple decades or a few decades even to come to fruition. One of the other ones he mentioned, the Oregon Coast Trail, uh, is another hiking trail that kind of sort of exists right now, mm-hmm. but is really kind of not practical to hike to completion. Um, you know, but w- if these trails can, can be complete, the Salmonberry Trail, the Oregon Coast Trail... Um, that bike path going through the gorge, all of these places just create these wonderful, spectacular experiences that bring more people in, that help spread more people out and help people safely and responsibly access some of these beautiful pockets of nature around the area. Absolutely so. And it's worth saying, too, that this trail, I I do believe, would be a signature trail as far as Oregon backpacking Mm -hmm. destinations go. I mean, when you think of kind of the top Oregon backpacking trips, none of them really uh, compare to 86 miles wandering through different landscapes, kind of from the edge of a metro area through a bunch of, you know, really untrodden remote areas and out to the coast. It would be really special. And like you said a moment ago, I would absolutely love to take that trip you know, uh, whenever uh, it may become available. Well, we are going to dream about it for now and continue to get updates in the Salmonberry Trail. But Jim, I think for today, it's time to wrap things up. Absolutely so, Jamie. So you folks out there can watch our videos, including the one we recently made about the Salmonberry Trail on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show is produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Elliot Noose. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.